Yo, this is the way we roll on the greatest podcast ever, the grand, incredible, red critic and Mark Muse with MC Hammer's third record. Regal Suave, it's the going out podcast with rap critic and Muse. Muse, how are you doing, bro? Rap critic, I'm doing great. <laughs> This week we've got two Patreon requests. We've got MC Hammer and Brr Campton coming up. <laughs> Holy fuck. Okay. I don't want to jump into the thing too much, but is that a thing Hammer always did? Yes, it is. Oh my fucking god. It was always god. there. It I really hate was. it so much. I know. Like, if you listen to Can't Touch This, it's in there too. It's just not as prominent. Dude, I never noticed. But then again... <laughs> Yeah, uh, coming up later, spoiler, we're, we're uh, reviewing uh, Too Legit to Quit, Hammer's album from either 91 or 92. It was the first album of his I listened to all the way through, and uh, yeah, I was never aware of that annoying-ass tongue roll thing. Yeah. But, oh boy, it was in full effect on that fucking album. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, we got Brockhampton, Satur- Saturation 1, and Too Legit to Quit. Finally, the people get to know what what rap critic and muse think of the first one. We went we went out of order. We were like uh, Star Wars or something. Yeah, that's true. They hit us with the prequel uh, after they already introduced all the uh, all the characters. It's like here are their humble beginnings. Man, it's weird that all three albums came out the same year. It almost doesn't feel like it. Yeah, yeah. Like it feels like we reviewed Saturation Two. So long ago. Right? <laughs> but, hell, I, I guess not. But yeah, we did two when it was new, three the week it came out, and now we got a Patreon request for uh, for one. So we're finally going to hit the uh, the trilogy. Um, maybe someone will request All-American Trash at some point. Who knows? But uh, in the meantime, you sent me... And uh, we didn't really talk about it too much uh, when the EP or whatever first came out, the two Drake singles. Um, there was one song on there that was kind of like the talking, more serious Drake. And then there was a singy, more pop, radio-friendly Drake song. And a video for God's Plan is out now. And, you know, I never expect to cry at a music video you send me. Especially when I see it's Drake in the fucking uh, description, do I think, this video is going to fucking make me tear up. But you know what? 2018 is already proving to be a year of surprises. So, yeah, not a dry eye in the house watching God's plan. And it was one of those things, and I I knew the first thing I saw, like, you know, after watching the video, I was like, man, I really enjoyed that. I was like, so how's the internet going to hate this? Uh. (laughs) And of course they're like, oh, he's just speaking out now and he's just doing this now and da 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 da. It's like, dude, could you just let someone do something nice? Cause here here's my thing, here's my thing. I personally don't care what the person who's donating is going through personally. Honestly. Yeah. I don't care. As <laughs> long as you give, it shouldn't matter. Like, because it's not about how the money is affecting you. It's about how it's affecting the person that it's going to. Unless he turns out like he's like some sort of fucking you know, uh, big-time drug kingpin selling fucking methamphetamines. And you know how, like, in those movies with the drug dealers, 
who try to cover their ass and they're like, oh, I'm giving out turkeys for Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, this is one of those deals. And it's like, well, you know, in that case, just let the FBI handle it. It's a real double standard because I remember when Nelly, before he was proved to be kind of a creep, he gave a whole bunch of money out or he was he was uh, helping out with one of the relief efforts. Oh, it was like bone marrow, right? And people were like, oh, shit, look at Nelly helping it, uh, lending a helping hand. Or uh, T.I. a few years back, like, bought everybody's Christmas presents on a Black Friday or something. And everyone was like, wow, look at the big heart on T.I. I didn't hear shit. I didn't hear people giving them any flack at the time. And that's when they were not at their peak. Like, right, Nelly, right. Nelly helping out... In the 2000s, in the 2010s, is pretty remarkable. If it was like 99, when he was really getting it like that, it's like, okay. But now it's like, man, Nelly is taking it upon himself to take the time to actually do this shit for the better good. Or T.I., whose heyday was like 10 years prior. But yeah, it's just Drake going around, giving out scholarships, handing out toys... Just walking up to people on the fucking curb, handing them stacks of money. Like, and you're just seeing, like, their reactions. Like, just their reactions to seeing him. And then it's like, on top of that, I'm going... Like, that's gonna be a story they're going to tell for the rest of their lives. One day, they're gonna be telling their kids, former president, Drake... Well, you know, I, f- I forgot, he's fucking Canadian, so and they he can't switch that whole c- citizenship thing. Yeah, yeah. Now that I think about it, that makes it fucking sadder. Now that I think about it, this is like, yeah, we needed to have a fucking Canadian help us out with our healthcare because we can't fucking do it ourselves. Ugh, I didn't even think about that till now. Yeah, I know, right? Mm. Art always has some commentary in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I wonder how that, what the strategy or what the planning that went into that was because in most cases, it's people just hanging out. Like, did the label say, hey, someone is going to come by and meet you at this time, be at this one place. It seems odd because they're always surprised to see Drake. I, th- I think what happens is, like, they were fi- like they're filming mm. and they, you know, just ask a random stranger, like a family or something like that, you know, they go like, excuse me, uh, we're filming for, uh, you know, uh, whatever, whatever. And then they probably talk to them about their lives. And they're like, oh, uh, well, would you, do you happen to be fans of Drake? You know what I'm saying? Like, they probably do mm. something like that. And so it's just like, so that they prep him so that when he comes up, then they're surprised as shit, you know? I'd like to think that, the, actually, I don't like to think this. This is actually kind of fucked up. But the people from the label just kind of go around and they're asking people what their situation is. And they kind of have to weigh whether or not they're Drake-worthy. <laughs> Uh, you're not poor enough for this video. Hey, uh, like, they have a walkie-talkie, and they're like, Hey, Drake, I'm walking up to this family right now. Um, they they look like they might be down on their luck. I'm gonna ask them what's up. Okay, hold on. And they walk up, and they're like, Oh, never mind, Drake. I'm going over here. Um, <laughs> uh, how many starving kids? And, and, and so, like I said, like, you know, when they start the video, and they're like, Yeah, we got a million dollars to shoot a video. We decided to just give it away. And so it's like, that's so cool, because... You know, I mean, you're wasting a million dollars anyway, you know? like. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Like, Drake is the only person that a label would even entrust with a million dollars in the first place. That's true. Like, in true. this economy, you know? And so, like, that's cool that, like, someone who is, like, 
you know, one of the very few people who's in that uh, position, you know, to do that. You know, like the only person who can do this is like Drake, Kendrick Lamar, and Taylor mm-hmm. Swift. Like maybe Lil Wayne. Like that's it, you know? You know what's funny is that music videos normally cost way more than that. I wonder how much the video cost to actually make anyway. Because, you know, all that time filming, there's like drone shots, there's... It had to have cost something, you know? I always I always wonder about that sort of thing, because it's like, there are some videos like, okay, I can tell that's expensive. You see exploding cars, oh, you know, yeah. n- nice, you know, like a whole bunch of people, cast of thousands, that sort of thing. Like, but where some videos where it's just like, they're just in a club. Like, they're literally just, in, like, they could have just come and filmed them on a Saturday when they just happened to go to the strip club. Like, there's nothing interesting about this video. So it's like, there's no way that costs a million dollars. So, like, when I see this video and I think about it, it's like, you know, this production kind of looks just exactly like a lot of those videos where it's just like, we just took a camera and walked around. You know, another thing I just thought about is I didn't notice, it might have been more subversive or just kind of more subtle, but even in this music video, they didn't take the cheap opportunity of doing, like, product placement. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, well... You know, you see how great he is, huh? New album coming soon. Or, or, or like, hey, you know what? I heard you are down on your luck, so I got you the brand new 2018 blah, 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 rated number one in safety. They didn't even cheapen out of making it all about, like, yeah, well, here's this, though, or here's so-and-so listening on their new monster headphones or Yeah, whatever. notice how great this company is for helping them out, you know. That's so fucking great, because that's basically the only reason music videos are even made anymore, is to sell products, and this was just, nah, this is just Drake wanted to fucking give back, and he's using this new song that I don't even know if it's gonna be an album single or not as an excuse to film a music video. I think it's literally the number one song in the country right now. There was one thing that I noticed when I was listening, those lyrics about, like, there are some people wishing bad things on me. It was like... It's almost like, how can people wish bad things on me when I'm doing all these great <laughs> things? It's almost like, come on, guys, leave Drake alone. Yeah, yeah. You can't fucking hate on him now. Look at all the charities doing. Oh, look at poor Drake. How, well, you, you'd be a fool to want to wanna pick on him. Yeah, who the fuck are you? That's his insurance to keep anyone else from thinking about, you know step into him again like because like a, a, a beef with drake can't pop off now you know how bad meek mill would look if you tried to beef with him now Ugh, like, yeah <laughs> fuck all that i gave a million dollars away for free shit like you can't like you can't dismiss that you can't be <laughs> like oh yeah so you gave a million dollars to a whole bunch of people in florida who needed it big deal you know like how do you top that if that's what it came down to where rap beefs were just who oh could do God. more for the community? Yo, Holy shit! So cool. Like, if yo, it didn't even come down yo, to yo, violence like or anything, like me, bitch. Yeah, if it just came down to who can be a better like like citizen for their hometown or community uh, or whatever. Yeah, because rappers are always like repping their hometown. Like the coolest thing to be would just be like put that in the music, you know? Oh my God. And of Dude, course, you I'm- know, rappers always complain. They say like, oh. You know, you guys never see all the good things that we do. You never see the mm. good things. It's like, you never rap about the good things that you do. <laughs> That's true, yeah. I need like, to see it. Yeah, exactly. How many rap songs are like, 
I put my daughter through college, motherfucker. Like, and whenever I do hear somebody say that, it's like, oh, wow, that's the exception to the rule. But normally it's, yeah, we sure do have a lot of money that we're going to waste on all of this shit in the next two months. Like, think about how many millionaires who, like, this is a weird, and I'm trying to figure out how to frame this question. How many people that you've watched, like, when when they shoot a music video, right? Mm. They are... Like, how many people have you watched that were at the height of their net worth as you watched them in that video? And then it's just like, after that video's gone and they ain't got no hits, like, they're just nobody. You know what I mean? Like, how many, like, uh, ephemeral millionaires have we seen in our lifetimes, you know? You know, I wouldn't be surprised if what we're going to be talking about here in a little bit is fucking Hammer at his, like, (laughs) financial peak. True, true. This week on the Going Off Podcast, as I said earlier, we have a double shot of Patreon-requested album reviews, starting off first with Josh Colomb, who requested MC Hammer's Too Legit to Quit. If you have an album that you would like to request us to review on the show, it is as simple as a one-time pledge to either of our Patreons. So head on over to patreon.com slash rapcritic or patreon.com slash muse for details. Rap Critic. MC Hammer, your boy. I know you talked about him before. We talked about him briefly. Uh, here he is again. Back on his bullshit. Too legit to quit. They say he was gonna quit. But he said, no. I'm apparently too legit to do that. What did you think of too legit to quit? Yo. Y'all gonna get my ass kicked by MC Hammer, y'all. Like... Straight up and down. Yeah, no, no, because like MC Hammer is apparently like actually really about that fucking life. Oh, really? Yeah, like he almost He's gonna fucking come after you. Yeah, uh, word word on the street is that he he uh, like uh, uh, did or did not send a hit after MC Search. Oh wait, yeah, that's right. Holy fuck, I forgot about that. Yeah, dude. Oh my god, I forgot completely. <laughs> Ooh. Like, there was one part of this album where he was talking about, like, he was talking about, like, some dudes wanted some static, so we had to pull out our pistols or something like that. And then you heard him in the background go, like, oh, what's up? Like, that's sort of like, oh, no, I'm down to do this shit. I'm down with this shit. And it was just, like, that one little second that was just like, oh, shit. Like, he might, like, he might have actually gone to do some shit just now. <laughs> and they just happened to record him, like, right at his limit, like, oh, I'm tired of this shit. <laughs> so what you're saying is you weren't a big fan uh no i was not when people talk about greatest rappers of all time does anyone ever mention hammer hell hell no no god no hammer was always was the marketable image he was Ooh. the dance he was you can't touch this the pants everything uh- the, the fucking pants, the dance, the image. He was the fucking hip-hop Elvis. Yeah, really. That was it! It was something new, something cool to look at. Oh, look at him do the uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh dance. He's got the pants, he's got the haircut, he's looking uh-huh. fresh. But fucking after two li- after uh, you can't touch this, everything else feels like it's just trying to duplicate that. Trying to get to that same point again, but not quite getting there well you know what's that Uh, oh go on 
I was just gonna say, and on this album, Too Legit to Quit is in a class of its own on the album. It is an island on this album. It is a, a shining beacon of the only remotely tolerable, enjoyable song. Because everything else is so subpar. It's, it's amazing. It's like I had this fucking song recorded and it's the early 90s so I just can't release a single. Fuck. Now I gotta write a whole goddamn album around it. And everything else suffers because everything else is so lacking. The beats are lame and weak. The writing style is just... It's just like repetitive topics. On, a, on an album like this, right? I've got no problem if a rapper wants to be socially conscious talk about the issues in the community or whatever. But there's like three songs on this album that are that are essentially interchangeable. Black people killing each other. This shit's gotta stop. But then meanwhile, like five songs later, it's like, I'm going to get my gat and I'm going to rob this place. It's like fucking <laughs> Hammer. What the hell are you talking about? You can't do that shit. You know what MC Hammer sounds like? He sounds like if Eazy-E had a lower voice and didn't have the genius of Ice Cube and Dr. Dre behind him. Because, mm. like, the yeah. writing is completely lacking. And the beats, like, they're... I think a lot of the beats are fun, actually. The, like, I, I, as I was listening to it, I was like, man, I, I know why everyone was, like, skinny in the 90s and shit. Everyone was fucking dancing to fucking do <laughs> to quit all the goddamn time. But, um, but I, like, they do not hold up a lot of the... They are dated as fuck. Um, yeah. I did like uh, one or two of the ballads, though. Uh, really? The, yeah. The uh, let me see. What was the one that I like? Um, wait, was it "Do Not Pass Me By"? There was one of them that was like, "No Love Hold." That one was a good one. Yeah, I heard the chorus and I was thinking, I was like, "Man, I feel like someone has either sampled this or like they mm. could sample it, and it would be like a even better song than this." You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's, there's only one place to go but up yeah uh let me see yeah brothers hang on oh my god so it, it cannot be stated how mediocre mc hammer is as a rapper dude yeah he's got this one lyric he says um and it's like here's he, here's how i broke it down like so there's a whole different array of ways that you can create a, a, a rap verse, right? You have style, you have, mm. you know, the delivery, you have the words, you have the message, you have, you know what I'm saying? You have the flow. Yep. And with him, it's like him, it's just the message of the song and that's it. He doesn't care how he says it. The words just need to be on the beat. Doesn't even really need to be on the beat a lot of the time. Like how many times do you listen to the song and like he just jams in words that it's just like you could have easily just re- you know, reset that in a better way where the mm -hmm. flow could have worked, but you're not doing that because you're not focused on any of the flow. Like, he's literally the, the polar opposite of rappers today. Like, I, I can't imagine, like, a kid today listening to Lil Uzi Vert and trying to listen to this, like, at all. Because it is just, oh, there's no. nothing. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. And then the rolled R's just makes it worse. Like, kids would just be like, wait, was that a thing back then or something? Like, why is he doing that? You know? It was really annoying when it came down to the second track, uh, Brothers Hang On, because it's the socially conscious track. Uh, oh, my God. still doing the fucking tongue roll. It's like, this is not the time for that shit. 
And every time you think the song is done, another fucking verse comes in. It's like, seven oh, minutes. Oh my god! Get the like, fuck out of here, MC. Like this is track two, dude. So many songs on this album. The first track is almost six minutes. The second song is seven. Too legit to quit goes on forever because it just keeps repeating. Yeah. So many songs. The, the, the album it in total is an hour and eleven minutes, and that is uncalled for. <laughs> it is absolutely unnecessary. Someone on Twitter, by the way, um, brought up the fact that uh, you had said on the show before, and I agreed with you to an extent, that an album cannot be considered a classic if it is over seventy minutes. Did I say and, that? Yes. Hmm. And. Which, again, you might be uh, misquoted on that one. But the person brought up uh, my, beautiful, my Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and it being over that time. But they considered that's, that album uh, to be a classic. I remember and, being solid, yeah. And I argued with him that if the songs were just shorter, because mm. there's songs on the album that repeat so goddamn much, all the lights... I love all the yeah, lights. Yeah, definitely. But that can have a good two minutes shaved off the end of that. In half, the fucking been. Ellie, what was her name? Ellie Jackson. I thought that was Fergie. No, uh, I thought it was Ellie Jackson. Well, she says we're the, going all the way this time, 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 time. time. Yeah, that, that's Ellie Jackson. Oh shit! I always thought that was fucking Fergie. Who the hell is that? Wait, that she, was, oh, that's the girl from oh, oh, Larue. Larue. Yeah, that was unnecessary. Um, <laughs> Monster, I love Monster, goes on for way too damn long. What like the after, fuck is Rick Ross doing there? And after Nikki's verse, it doesn't need another two minutes. Just fucking, you're good. The song isn't going to get any better than Nikki's verse. Call I, it quits. Honestly, I don't even remember that there was that many much people on it after her. Wait, what happened? It, Who? It, another person comes in. And he's just like, um... Oh, the I... The nights... Yeah, that one? Uh, yeah, it's like... And there's like an instrumental that loops for like another minute and a half. And Runaway... Oh Isn't that my song God. like nine minutes? That song could have been like a minute and a half. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, like overall, an album cannot be that long unless it is... 100% all killer, no filler the entire time. Because if it isn't, there's no excuse for things not to be cut off. Trim the fat, dude. Yeah. A, a perfect rap album, in my opinion, is between 40 and 50 minutes. Mm. Any longer than that, it's overstaying its welcome and, and shit could be cut off. Also, you do have to think about the fact that it's like when you're rapping, there's just more words that you're saying per song. Right. So there's just more ideas happening. Like, things come faster. And so you mm -hmm. have to have more ideas to fill that space. And if you've got way more space than you need, this is like, what the fuck are you doing with all of this space then? You know? And someone did bring up a Good Kid Mad City. And by the way, I fucking bought a copy of Good Kid Mad City for everyone out there. Mm -hmm. For all you old-timers. All you off-goers well, from the way back. Well, see, here's the thing, though. For every person that says, oh, look at this one album. Look at this one album over here. I can name you, like, 18 Master P albums. Snoop. <laughs> you know, I can name you three Snoop Dogg albums. They're just like, this went on way longer than it needed to. You know what I'm saying? And the thing with Good Kid, Mad City is 
that album wouldn't be as long as it is if it didn't have those skits. And the remix at the end. Right. And it's like the skits in there tie the songs together and tell a story. I don't consider that like adding to the overall length because it's not nonstop song, you know? That's mm. different, I think. Like, I could excuse the skits on Good Kid Mad City because it adds something to it. And it, it honestly, it breaks it up a little bit and doesn't make it feel as long because it, you are taking a break from like nonstop music. But going back to an album that absolutely should not be as long as it was, yeah. uh, too legit to quit. Um, too legit to stop fucking stop the stop wasting beat. my time. Yeah, <laughs> brothers, hold on. To me, I have down uh, have written down here. It sounds like a Michael Scott David Brent song from The Office. I got that vibe of like the white guy trying to be hip and cool oh and it's God. sad because like you said he's about this life he is that guy yeah. but he cannot convey it in song yeah this would be like if michael scott like started rapping this song and you're like this is ridiculous the rapping is so horrible this has to be an original song and then you're like oh wait no this actually is a cover <laughs> you know that he seriously says i'm not tony the tiger i'm not feeling so, so great, great. Uh, oh, fuck off. Holy shit. Uh, oh my god. I can't ima- I can't believe it. And where he said he's like, okay, dude, like I said earlier, there's way too many goddamn verses on this fucking song. Pretty sure I heard a, da- a damn verse as the fucking shit was fading out. Like that fucking weird ass <laughs> Christmas album by Cleopatra Records. Remember that shit? Where it was oh, like, yeah. I that one song it was like fading out. It was just like. Dude, that's someone's still rapping. Like, what the hell's going on? He's kind of making a point on on one of these verses, right? He says, oh, man, I turn on the TV. The killers always seem to look like me. And he says, mm. a silly plan or a stupid plot. Uh, no, he says, a silly plan or a stupid, silly plot. It's always me that the rock has seemed to got hooked. Like, Oof. what the fuck did he just, what? Like, it's like what are you going through. on about? Like, he just had a stroke halfway through. He's like, a silly plan or a super stupid plot. Like, that's that's real easy. I can follow that. And the next Mm -hmm. line is, it's always me that The Rock has seemed to got hooked. (laughs) Like, I think he's saying, it's always Hooked on The Rock. Yeah, it's always people that look like me that are hooked Mm. on crack. Right? Right. But it's like, the way he's saying it is so strangely convoluted. Yeah. (laughs) Like... What? Like, first, like, I'm trying to hear the rhyme, which is should rhyme with uh, plot, right? Obviously, plot is supposed to rhyme with something. But mm. then it's just the way he jams in that, like, because the the sentence didn't end on the word got, which was, was, was supposed to be the rhyme. Mm-hmm. So now it's just like, it's always me that the rock is saved to got. And I'm just like, <laughs> wait, what? Where did the word hooked? Like, it's a weird sentence. Like, if you're going to do a rhyme like that, where it's like, the rhyme takes place, uh, uh, like, right before, like, the penultimate word before the end mm. of the sentence, if you're going to do that, like, it has to be a phrase that the ear can very clearly understand, so that you can hear the rhyme, and you can hear the words trailing on after it, so you can hear the pattern. But with this, it's just like, what the hell was that, you know? Um, it's almost like he can't write a rap song. Yeah. Uh, oh, 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 he had one good lyric where he says, uh, 
enemies. I got them, but I don't care. It's better over here than it was over there. And then you hear in the background, the guy goes like, A brother's got a hang on! <laughs> it was just so over exaggerated that it was like, I, I just couldn't help but enjoy it. It was just like, this guy's like, yeah, at least I don't have to live in shit. It's like, yeah, I got haters, but you know what? I have a working toilet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and the guy in the background was just like, yeah, yes, he does. Can we talk about the knock at the door? What? When? When? When it goes like, I hear a knock at my door, and it's just like, Oh, yeah, I almost didn't even register that shit. What the fuck is that? It's like, who's that? Who's there? But it's yeah. like, you couldn't even get a sound effect of an actual door knock or knock <laughs> on a door. It's like you just picked up something in the studio and just went... <laughs> like, what the hell is that shit? Okay, we gotta talk about Too Legit to Quit, the song. Oh, my God. Um, when he tries to fucking speed rap. Ooh. <laughs> it's so bad! He's so bad at it! For those of you who have not seen the uh, too legit uh, to quit, <laughs> I have written down here the synopsis of the too legit to quit uh, 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 music the video. Fucking, the 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 epic saga. <laughs> it is a fucking like music. It's a long form music video like uh, MJ was doing back in the day. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like eleven. Um, it's like eleven and a half minutes. Uh, so it starts with Jim Belushi as a news reporter yes. telling us that MC Hammer has quit. And uh, then we get celebrity responses from... Now just listen to this rundown of A-list fucking early 90s. It's a who's who. You got Henry Winkler of Happy Days. The Fonz. You've got Danny Glover. You got Danny Faustino... Of Married with Children. Oh wait, Dan- you forgot though. You forgot a name, bro. You forgot. I'm, I'm just. I just started. You forgot Freedom Williams from who is the Freedom CNC Williams? Music Factory. Oh, okay. See, I did not know who that was. I did miss him. Um, instead, I I did know. Uh, I did notice we got Tony Danza. Yeah. Uh, Mark Wahlberg. Queen Latifah. And Easy E is just chilling with some other dudes, and I love that when it cuts to uh, Easy E and his crew, uh, Easy E just goes, "MC Hammer quit," and the guy's like, "Yeah," and then another guy in his crew just goes like, "Hammer quit." <laughs> I feel like that specifically, like originally, you know, they were trying to do this whole thing of like, "Oh yeah, we're all cool, we're all hanging out," and like. For, for Easy E, like, they weren't having that shit. Like, they are like, no. hey, guys, you want a cute little cameo for MC Hammer? And they like, fuck no. No. <laughs> and, what the fuck are we doing here? They're, like, shooting crabs outside of their fucking mansion or whatever the hell. And the then, shot like, of Mark Wahlberg is seriously just him just going, Skate. <laughs> and it just cuts away. <laughs> I don't know what they were filming originally. That they were like, hey, and quickly before you go, can you can you react to as if MC Hammer was quitting the business? All right, thanks. Yeah, and it's so, you can tell it's not scripted at all. Like, you can so no. tell it was like, guys, just say what would happen if, like, Easy e I mean, uh, if MC Hammer left the industry. 
And like, yo, what if like these people's phony reactions, like, you know, they're doing like, oh my God, I feel so bad. Like, what if like a lot of these people really do fucking hate MC Hammer and they're just like, oh, I would totally be devastated. Like, <laughs> it's that fucking Pauly Shore is dead music uh, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't talk about my favorite guy. I didn't even catch his name. He says that MC Hammer is actually a robot. They were going in to retouch him up for the next album. They were trying to add new advances to his mechanisms and all of that. Boom! Wasted the guy. Yo, they got Millie Vanilli. (laughs) Oh my god, that's right! I forgot Millie Vanilli! Maybe, maybe he didn't sing on the record. Let's make some money, man. Let's sue him. Let's sue him, glass action. You know, you're treating that like that's the type of joke you make if like someone accused you of singing like lip syncing a record and then you found out it wasn't true that's not but a you joke fucking you did yeah exactly <laughs> like you need to just shut up and sit down like how is it why is anyone even filming you why are you even in a recording studio right now like shut the that's fuck a good up. question you know your recording shit like what are you even doing there but the overall story and i'm just gonna go through this real quick so we go to a mansion with peacocks uh, just walking around. James Brown is sitting on a throne. Yeah, after about like five minutes. Yeah, because we got to sit through uh, Jim Belushi mocking Hammer for crying and quitting, even though I don't think that was ever a thing. And yeah. then getting up out of his seat and doing a bad dance. This goes on for four minutes. Then we got a guy who's like an executive from Capitol Records being like, I'm going to lose my house if MC Hammer quits. I I rely and de- I depend totally on him for my own success. And then and then you have him training somewhere in his in a man thong. He's he's uh pumping iron. He's uh hitting the uh the punching bag. He's shadow boxing. And then he comes in and uh he he talks with James Brown. He's like, "Excuse me, Godfather." Yeah, we're we're and- 6 minutes into the video now. Not a note of music has been played in this 14-minute no. video. And uh, James Brown says, yes, Godson, come in. And they talk because in this video, James Brown basically talks in lyrics. Yes. Most of what he says are song titles of his own and <laughs> lines he has said. Um, James Brown sends MC Hammer on this quest to, uh, to get the gloved one's glove. Now, they don't say Michael Jackson's name by name, but it's implied. And he then throws fireballs. (laughs) James Brown (laughs) throws fireballs at MC Hammer. And MC Hammer is now engulfed in flame as he falls to the floor. And this is the gift that James Brown bestows on Hammer. He is now giving him the ability to either dance better or what, I don't know. But he sends him on his way to get the gloved one's glove. We don't know why or what, but horrible CGI ensues. Uh, uh, James Brown says, feels good. Uh, and then Hammer arrives at a concert in a fiery orb. And he puts on a great show. And at the end, uh, we get to see that the gloved one himself was watching the performance the whole time. Uh-huh. And... This this weaselly uh, record exec goes, yeah, he's good, but he's not like a threat to us, is he? And that's when Michael, the Michael Jackson impersonator, lifts 
the gloved hand and does the too legit to quit hand signal uh, to end the video. Apparently, Michael Jackson did like the video and there yeah, was no yeah. hard feelings there. It, it but was cool why? Though. What the fuck was the point of that? <laughs> it's just, it's just talk shit. Like, this whole video is just to talk shit like, look who I could get for a video. Look who I, look what graphics I could get on my, yo, Michael Jackson's doing the long form video, huh? Well, I'm trying to be the uh, hip hop Michael Jackson, so I'm one gonna, gonna do a video now. You know what I'm saying? Dude, this had nothing on the smooth criminal no, long not form. At all. Did you ever see the guy live tweet the Remember the Time music video? Yes! I love it so much. He's just like, like, you really let Michael Jackson into your corners and. <laughs> And your girl, and you're okay with that? Ah, I was like, nah, somebody's hands would roll. Michael Jackson's <laughs> low key a dick in this video. Eddie Murphy's doing the right thing. <laughs> I forgot about that part. We was just straight up wooing the like <laughs> kings or prince of Egypt's yeah. wife. Like he's just like, I'm surprised this man didn't get his head cut off sooner. Yeah, and just like finally, he's like, guards, get him suddenly. But now he turns to sand, and yeah. there he goes. Oh yeah, my god. That, that video, fucking awesome. The CGI and too legit to quit, yeah. not so much. So, somebody's <laughs> got a link. Somebody's got a link to that Twitter uh that Twitter uh thread. That was I'm gonna have to find that, but yeah, that shit was yeah. so goddamn funny. Uh so yeah. This video, like I said, it's just it's just cornball. It's it's so trying to be epic, but it doesn't have nearly as much the budget that it wants to act like it has. If they didn't waste so much money on Hammer Man! Hammer! Hammer Man! Maybe they'd have some money left over for the Too Legit to Quit music video. It's it's really embarrassing how bad the video looks. Like, he is... He was, like, at that time, one of the biggest goddamn names. How does the video look this bad? Oh, oh, and then you have Living in a World Like This, right? Mm. Very first lyric, he says something like, Your town and my town are all the same. They're both kind of different, but they're both kind of the same. It's just like, thank you. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just stated the exact same point twice. Mm-hmm. Thank like, you, Hammer. <laughs> like he says, like, we share the same pain or something like that. But it's just like, but you already, like, I got that in the first lyric. Your town and my town are just the same. Like, I mm. already got what you meant, you know. Got, Tell me why can't we live together? The, oh, this one had the beat that sampled Hotline, uh, the same beat that Hotline Bling samples. Oh, was that what that was? Yeah, listen to it again. Oh, shit. Mm. It's crazy. I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. So I was like, you know, it's great lounge music, but other than that, you know, this is all forgettable. Release some pressure. Actually, that was one of the few vocally dope songs. Like, he actually had, like, you know, put a little bass in his voice, made it sound real cool. You know, he was saying some, like, spitting some shit. I was like, okay, so someone can actually write some lyrics from every now and then. And then after that, it was like, find yourself a friend, which was just boring. Oh, it was God, just, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, count it off. That, like, like I said, the beat for this was banging, but yeah. nothing that he's saying is just like, it's just like, uh, this is all, like, it's so substandard. Like, it's so, like, not even, like, there are rappers today that people talk about, oh, mumble rappers, they're gonna, dude. Those guys are better than this. Like, Lil Yachty, yeah. Lil Uzi Vert, they are better than this. Like, I, I honestly think it's it, it's uh, it's actually a bit of a testament that you can say that our mainstream rap has more lyrical skill than this does. 
This is like Soldier Boy bad. Hammer was trying to get along on his name, it feels like. As if he didn't need to deliver or like he didn't need to perform. Like, hey, fuck, it's fucking, it's it's the follow-up to or the follow-up to the follow-up. Or maybe he like really thought this was that. Like, that's the thing that, this is the thing that always worries me. Like, does this guy like really think this is that dope? Like, what if they actually did? What if he really thought, like, the way he was speaking on here and these awkward stilted cadences, what if he, like, really thought that that was dope? Most of the time, we're reviewing albums either the week they come out or relatively soon after. People don't usually request albums that are this old, so it's hard to think about it in the context of how this was at the time comparative to other stuff at the time, like, was this fucking impressing people or it can't what? because because if because i remember what krs one's music sounded like around this time i remember That's what rock true. him's lyrics sounded around this time big daddy yeah. kane you know what i mean like these were guys that were never going to get as big as mc hammer but they sounded way better like even a tribe yeah. called quest like they weren't great lyrically but at least they had some sort of sense of unique style you know the only one that kind of stood out was because it was such a jarring uh standout thing was do not pass me by which is kind oh, of the, a gospel tune the, yeah i was like huh yeah i, I forgot he did he did this every album he would always have one gospel song and and that's what made that funky headhunter album so weird because it didn't have that because he was trying to go so much for that hardcore uh direction and it was just like i think you're, uh, my theory is that it so alienated his fanboy base that like it fucked everything up because think about it you know look like okay uh you know parents won't let you listen to that rap video but they like that mc hammer guy because he's clean you know what i'm saying and you know oh you have the church moms and the kids are able to listen to this guy and then all of a sudden his next album he's like dressing like you know basically naked in a zebra thong it's just weird also because not only is he doing like a gospel song but he's still doing like shoehorned <coughs> rap verses with the tongue rolling. Yeah, yeah. And it just doesn't fucking fit. It's really awkward. Yeah. Uh, good to go was actually all right. Um, <laughs> that the beat was so breezy. You know what I'm saying? Like they had the flute. It was all chilled out. Uh, mm. They had the I'll take your girl bit, you know, but it was done in yeah. a kind of smart way. Like, it, it was kind of like, oh, man, you suckers going to jail for, you know, selling drugs. Meanwhile, I'll be with your chick because, uh, you know, someone needs to comfort her in your absence. I was just like, oh, mm. shit. <laughs> I was like, that's fucked up. Um, and I, I dug Street Soldiers, actually. I thought that was the best one on the album. I thought I thought it was cool the way they had, like, you know, he would rap something and then they'd have you know, him in the background, like, as the person who's going through that hardship saying, like, man, leave me alone, man. Just leave me through my problems, man. I'll just get through it myself. And, you know, mm. it's just sort of like you can kind of hear the desperation and, like, yeah, this person needs to get help, but they're never going to because of their pride, you know. I was like, all right, that's actually, like, that was cool. I like what he did there. There were, like, one or two, like, there were legit one or two moments where I was like, this is actually interesting. But, wow, for the most part, yeah, you don't need to listen to this album at all. <laughs> So, out of a uh, possible five, what does Too Legit to Quit get? 2.5. Wow, I gave it a 1.5. <laughs>
So, Saturation 1, this was a requested album on your uh, page. Yes, uh, the person who requested it was um, Del Rey Cole. You know what this is. You know what we had. To, you know. You know what's going on now, right? All ears on? are turning. Mm. That's and, true. And they're like, "What? What is the rap critic gonna say?" Because he, he, in, he enjoyed two. He enjoyed two. That's he, right. He was talking shit about three. He sure was. So where, where does the needle fall? You know what uh. I'm saying? Where is it? Is it two out of three in, in, in mm. for for good or two out of three? You know, for bad. How how does he? rate this trilogy overall uh saturation one we started with two went to three and came back to one because we had we we had to experience it differently than west than the rest of y'all do you know what i'm saying because we don't yeah we don't, we don't do shit the same you know i am curious where this album lands in your ranking of which is the best which is the worst i myself when we talked about saturation three uh i went on the record as saying that um Brockhampton is kind of like uh, Run the Jewels in that Run the Jewels 2 was better than 1 and 3 uh, was better than 2. But at the time I had said that, it has been a minute since I listened to uh, Saturation 1, so it was nice to get a nice refresher in that one. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say this. A line that you said during our review of three that has stuck with me is you commented that the boys had gone soft and that stuck with me because I personally never looked at Brockhampton as like being known for being hard like that's not what I enjoyed most out of them so when you had said they were going soft I didn't really notice that but going from three back to one it's noticeable uh, because besides the last track, which Brockhampton just has a has a thing about this where they just have a really like... Yeah, that bareface guy. They, they just have a song at the end of the album that's just really like bare bones and it's just straight up singing. And I'm, I'm never really big on those tracks. The first track, Heat is my least favorite Brockhampton song possibly ever. What? Oh my God. That shit started so fucking intense. Jesus, man. I hated that. It seemed like it was going too fucking hard for no reason. Dude, it was like, fuck you. I'll break your neck so you can watch your back. God I, damn. I cringed so bad at that part because he's I just guess. screaming. Dude, because think about it. This is, you, you got to remember, this song is the very first introduction to these guys. This is their bring the ruckus. The rest of the album doesn't even come close to being as intense. So it's weird. I like to watch the bitches bleed. And the part where he's like, uh, if she's got the gun in her mouth, you can't hear her scream. <laughs> they, they're, they're never like this again for another two albums. Right. So it's like, who the fuck is this? It feels like if this wasn't the first song the, on the first album, it would feel like they shit. were doing a bit. Huh? This is some odd future shit. Was it, I'm going to stab Bruno Mars in his goddamn esophagus. Like, right, that type right. of shit. Like, violent for the sake of shock value. But fucking Gold, Star, and Boy, are they're like, oh, they yeah. redeem it. And, in and, my case, And I gotta like, say, this is the only album I feel like I actually understood why the songs were called what they were called. Like, Star is literally about, like, 
just dropping celebrities' names in talking shit, you know? And uh, Tupac was awesome because it had, like, this obvious sort of Dear Mama homage. Dude, it pissed me off because it was so fucking short. I was going to say, Tupac is this album's obligatory, mandatory song that's too short that you wish was longer. Because they all have that. It's like the Chance album has that. Mm. You know what I mean? Fucking. All three uh, saturation albums have a song that is like less than two minutes, yeah, and I it's think fucking it's a Tyler, fire. The Creator album, I think it's last. Oh uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or just like it makes oh you mad. It was so beautiful. Well, like, what's going on through these guys' hammer? They're just like, that's too good. You can't just keep hearing that. Uh, I worked too hard on that. You can't just hear that forever. Something I thought was weird, and I read one review uh, of the album. Someone said that they liked how intense the album was, but when the album got quote unquote sappy is when they lost interest. I personally, I like, it, it, there's a gradient of how I feel about when they get quote-unquote sappy, because sometimes I think it's really great and it makes for a great song. Other times I'm like, eh, it's going to get worthy. Like, they feel like the alternative, more fleshed-out version of, like, like pop songs. Like, like yeah. originally they made a pop song, and then they... But then, like, so, like, you know, they're working on a pop song for, like, two weeks. And then after that, they went beyond that pop song and created this whole other thing where there are all these weird other little detours and ideas that kind of come in. And so it's like, mm. you know, you hear the nuggets of, like, oh, wow, this would have been a really enjoyable pop song. I hear the melodies here and there and where they would have sounded really cool. But then they go beyond that and they just add in a whole bunch of stuff where it can either be a very enjoyable experience because you're bouncing from one part to the next or it can be kind of like, okay, guys, do you have any focus whatsoever? I feel like I'm not able to follow you. You know what I mean? Um, Right. For me, I felt like in this particular instance, I thought it worked except for little moments where I felt like they weren't truly being themselves. Like on Fake, where uh, he tries to, someone tries to sound like Lil Wayne. Now, maybe they were doing that on purpose because the song's called Fake. And it's like, oh, mm. everybody's trying to sound like Lil Wayne, so let me do a verse where I'm, like, trying to rap like Lil... You know what I mean? I'm thinking, like, maybe that's the plan, you know? Um, well, I, well, that is the track where it's entirely pitch-shifted. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that that's kind of where I thought that was coming in, the whole fake aspect of that. I liked that song, but I wish it wasn't pitch-shifted. Like, Yeah, I get you. Like, the song was good enough that I would have preferred to hear it straight up as is you know without uh, the uh definitely. without the edits there was definitely um, a, a part of me that was like can we, is there a version of this where i don't have to <laughs> yeah like is there a way i can just edit this and pitch shift it down to hear what this would have sounded like without all this because i don't really necessarily need it i do like that one breakdown uh later in the song where it's that back and forth okay so can i say Marilyn, Marilyn, Merlin Wood is literally mm. my favorite guy on this album. This is exactly really? what I wanted him to be all the time when I was oh, listening yeah. to Saturation 3. Where it's just like, they just didn't let him just do the crazy shit that he wanted to do. Because I got so much more of that here. And I actually yeah. got like an evolution of that because there was parts where he was crazy. And there were other parts where he was like, man, you know, like uh, I moved here uh, just on like, a whim trying to do this rap shit you know what i mean like i moved all the way across the world to do this and it's paying off you know like it's just that sort of that shit like just the crazy shit he does with this style like he said i look like a somali pirate don't say that man little's gonna don't say that <laughs> i don't know man it, it's hard to pick a favorite 
I always like Kevin, and he might be my favorite overall. Kevin Abstract is dope. Like, he really is a dope rapper. He has cool ideas. He's creative. And, like, it's not a big deal to him that he's gay. Like, he just fucking throws it in the song. Like, you know, in that one song on tour, it's just like, why can't a fucking rapper just rap be gay, motherfucker? And, like, he just randomly says shit like, motherfucker, I'm the illest motherfucker who's getting a blowjob right now. Like, just some shit like that where it's just like, oh. Like, I I just love it when a rapper throws some, like, throws their lifestyle just in your face and it just has to be like, yeah, this is how I'm living and what, bitch. You know, like, because as much as people like to go like, oh, I don't like the gays shoving down, uh, shoving their lifestyle down my throat. Phrase like, that's what fucking rap is all the time. It's all about throwing their lifestyle in your face, you know? He has that line about uh, giving a friend uh, head. He just straight up says that, like in this, like it's nothing. Like it's just a thing to do. And I love that it's just so, yeah, it's in there. I, I think I like his style the most. Um, everyone else just kind of fluctuates with me. Uh, sometimes they impress me more than others. I like Merlin as the, uh, we had mentioned before, kind of the ODB. Yeah, every time he like comes the in, wild card. it's enjoyable. Like, there was never a time where I felt like, eh, that, was, that, that didn't really do anything. Every time I felt like there was something that I came away with, you know? There are some other tracks from this point on that... It just kind of, it wavers as to how much I like them. Like, from this point on, there aren't songs I'm like, yeah, absolutely, this is 100% my favorite on the album. Like, Trip is really heavy on the autotune and pitch shift. I wasn't crazy about that. Oh, I dug Trip. I dug the shit out of Trip. Bump was cool. Dude, Bump was crazy. Yeah, and how it was just switching back and forth. Between, yeah. like, the style and then just the singy chorus. And it fit. It fit. It actually worked. Like, mm-hmm. there was that sort of, like, that feeling of just, like, the air sucking up. And you're just, like, sort of, like, hovering out over the beat when the chorus comes in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the the first time you hear that, it's kind of jarring. Mm-hmm. But then after that, where you know when to expect it, it works. Yeah. I think, uh, Face, wasn't that the love song? Yeah. This, uh, what's his name had that one lyric? He said, these other niggas, they just passing your time. They don't know how to ride the tidal waves that crash in your thighs. I was like, ooh, okay. Mm. Okay. <laughs> That's some slick shit. They really do bring a bit of everything, honestly. Like, I think anyone can find something to like about Brockhampton. You know, like, they might not love the entire album. It might not be 100% for them. But I think there's something for everyone. And I'm sure that helps. Um, I'm sure that also comes with there being so many people in the group that there's so many different styles being brought to the table and so many different personalities uh-huh. that there's always like different, like, I can definitely relate to this guy, but maybe not that guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah, everyone's wondering. I'm wondering. What did you think overall of uh, Saturation 1? Uh, I give it a... 4.5 out of 5. I was hovering around that too, maybe closer to 4. Um, but yeah, I dug it. Yeah, um, they're solid, dude. They're, they're good, man. They're making good music. And, like, I, I think it really does feel like the opposite of Run the Jewels for me. I enjoy the shit out of 1. I'm cool with 2. And 3 is kind of like, eh, it's okay. Wow. Yeah, it's the wow. opposite. Like, because Run the Jewels 1. That's was like, interesting. Yeah, yeah, right? 
And it's not like yeah, they're like... I, I'm the complete opposite. Three, one is probably the weakest, in my uh, opinion. And it's, and it's not like they're like, oh, it's a two-star album. No, it's just it's literally just ranges of like 3.5, 4, and 4.5. You know what I mean? Like The only range in like decimal points. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's... It's not like when you see, like, oh, this is the worst. I mean, technically, out of the three, I guess you would say, but it's more like this is my least favorite. Exactly. That's how you kind of judge it. Like, you don't judge it in such harsh terms. It's just like, this is the one that eh, just didn't happen to measure up as much, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's to its detriment. You know, it's not like, oh, man, never listen to that Mm -hmm. one. It's just like, I would more likely listen to this one than that one, you know? Well, everyone, that wraps up this week's episode of the Going Off Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much to the folks who suggested or requested the albums for this week's episode. Check out our Patreons uh, for more details on that. If this is your first time listening to our show, thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want to listen to our old episodes, our entire backlog is on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Going Off Podcast. That's G-O-I n apostrophe off podcast for all of our old episodes on there um on uh, youtube you can follow us on facebook twitter the aforementioned patreon and until next time for the going off podcast i'm muse and i'm the rap critic what the hell is that (laughs) <laughs> Tell me you've seen Fergie singing the national anthem. Oh, uh, <laughs> Ben, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>